Welcome to the Culture of Safety. What's up, Joe? How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. It's a, another beautiful day. It's raining. Everybody's got COVID-19. Everybody's worried about it. <laughs> Everybody's so. in quarantine. Everybody's in quarantine. But you and me, we're about six feet apart, and we actually have a guest in the studio today. Yep. But we're keeping, uh, we're following all the pre- precautions. <laughs> yep. No, no uh, handshakes, all elbow bumps and, and six feet away. And uh, Sean, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit, sir? Yes, thanks guys for having me today. Sean Barker with Clifford and Bradford Insurance, um, local business insurance broker, specializing in all types of insurance for businesses, workers' comp to liability, umbrella, property, everything like that. All right, yeah, that segues into what we're talking about today is workers' comp. So I know a lot of people don't know everything about workers' comp. Some people don't even deal with workers' comp. I've had very limited experience. I know how in premiums and stuff like that are calculated, but for the most part, whenever I've had issues, I call a guy like you, Sean. I go, hey, Sean, I have a claim. Uh, can you help me uh, you know, manage that a little bit You know, with other different programs and stuff like that? And usually they're like, yeah, sure, we got you, and we'll take care of it. So I've never had a whole lot as far as once it becomes a workers' comp claim and we open the claim. After that, it's, it's usually like I just refer to you, people like you, I should say, and that's how I get all my work done. Inevitably, though, <clears throat> in the safety in the safety industry, uh, I mean, if you're going to have an injury at some point, it's going to butt up to an insurance uh, claim or workers' comp claim. Yeah. And so whether you deal with it or not now, there's a good chance that at some point you're probably going to end up dealing with somebody like Sean. And, I mean, hopefully not because that means you had an injury, but... Right, but I mean, let's be honest, eventually most companies will be faced with having to deal with a workers' comp claim. It's an unfortunate part of, you know, dealing with work and risk, but let's let's talk about some of the different types of um, acronyms. I know things like XMODs and EMRs and all these weird, like, premiums and adjusted and uh, all these different topics we could talk about. But let's talk about what, what an XMOD or an EMR, what are those things, Sean? Could you enlighten us a little bit, sir? So, yeah, there there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes after it, a claim is reported for something like that. There's doctor's visits, there's reserves set on the claims, but as far as an EMR goes, your experience modification rating is a calculation based on your potential for injury. And they use that, they use your payroll, they use your different class codes and industry types to determine um, your overall loss experience. And they give you a credit or a debit based on the last three years of your experience. So if you've had some claims, they use this crazy formula and they back into a number and they could say your XMOD's 85%, meaning you'll get a 15% discount on your base rated class code. So okay. if you have a clerical class code and you're paying, you know, the base rates a dollar per $100 of payroll, you're going to get 15 cents off of that with an 85 X mod. Got it. Okay. That makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And this is where a lot of people don't understand that when, you know, we charge out employees for, you know, $20 and they only get paid 12. This is where a lot of that right. stuff comes from is because we have to pay for workers comp in case you get hurt. And they have, Years and years of data going back 30, 40, 50 years to determine, you know, a, a concrete, you know, slab layer versus a clerical or sales guy. There's all this data that they use to project those base rates. And every carrier is different because they use different data 
and they have different appetites for different industries. Okay, so it's not it's not regulated by one industry. It's just kind of based off of right. your guys' research and where, where you guys are as far as... Zurich, AIG, Travelers, you know, they all have different rating systems. Okay. But they'll everyone uses your XMOD to apply that to your base rate. And then on top of that, they'll offer additional credits or debits based on your industry. Okay. I like that. And so if you're, if you're past three years, I know I've dealt with this with before when I've come into a company and they had a major loss, one of the biggest problems that we had was trying to wait for that to fall off. Kind of like a credit report, I guess you could say. I, I guess you could probably right. translate it. It's like a credit report for your safety. Right. Obviously not seven years, but you know, three years, we had to wait for that one injury to fall off before we could actually change the way that we do our insurance i know there's it there's what captive um there's captive type of insurance and i know there's ooh, i'm trying to revert back to my memory there's some help me out here Sean. there's self-funding you can do partially self-funded plans okay. large deductible where you take on more risk they're called loss sensitive programs okay you know a lot of workers comp programs out there are first dollar meaning you have a claim the carrier is going to pay it okay or you can say, I'll do a $100,000 deductible, so you pay the first $100,000 of any claim. Okay. You have a $20,000 claim, you just pay it, but it will lower your annual premium with that certain carrier. And it's going back to, you know, claims falling off. And, you know, why do, why do claims stay open for so long? Right. Two, three, four years at a time. Well, a lot of times they're litigated. Mm-hmm. Got Attorneys it. Attorneys get involved, and they're ultimate goal is to drag the claim out as long as they can to drive up the claim costs so they so they can profit so they can profit that's fine that's normal that's what lawyers but, that's the whole point money. of being a lawyer but right? that in turn messes up your xmod the yeah. longer it stays open the longer that reserve is going to stay there and it will raise your xmod so our goal as a broker you know we have our own own in-house claims manager that stays on top of these claims. Okay. They know where claims should be adjusted. They know when the AMEs are going to be, the QMEs. We make sure the employee, the injured employee, shows up to their doctor's appointments. And, you know, if there needs to be a translator there, we do all that. Because if they miss an appointment, it could be another two or three months before they get another one. Okay. So Got closing it. that claim out is fa- obviously will help your, your ex-mod down the road. Got it. That, that makes perfect sense. So let's say we had an injury. You know, Matt was uh, walking down the stairs. He wasn't paying attention. He slipped, fall, and he said he broke his elbow. And for some reason, he decides uh, that the company he's he was he heard he might be being laid off, and he goes, "I'm gonna find. I'm gonna get an attorney." So when we when we have to open up that claim, explain what happens once we open that claim. How would how do we handle that? We submit that to the carrier. We can even put them on notice that this could be a fraudulent claim. Okay. Um, they'll, they're not going to treat it any differently, but they'll be aware that there's probably going to be an attorney involved. Okay. And, um, you know, you'll go to the injured employee, will go to the doctor inside the medical provider network that's listed with the insurance carrier. The doctor does his um, physical or whatever he does to right, diagnose, diagnose yeah. the injury. At that point, you know, he'll give physical therapy, prescribe medication, don't go to work for two weeks. So at that point, the claim is set with a reserve, you know, say $40,000. Okay. And, you know, we pay it out as it goes. 
and they set a reserve on it and, you know, he'll follow up in a week, go to physical therapy. So all that money set aside is used to pay that claim and, you know, his time off work, his disability. So where does that 40,000 come from? So it's, it's used from the insurance premium that you've paid. So if you paid $500,000 that year for, you know, workers comp insurance, part of that goes into a big pool of money with thousands of other companies and it sits there. So we're talking like maybe like a vault with like a Scrooge McDuck <laughs> mm-hmm. jumping in through the money. Right. Okay. That's how I that's how I picture it. Sometimes <laughs> these these insurance companies help me cuz they they make money on the investment income that they make. Right. Cuz I mean some of these claims have tails on them that go 7 to 10 years out, so they can't close these years off for, for multiple years at a time. But, yeah, that's what they do. They, they're making interest. They're investing it. They're making money on it. But a big pool of money is sitting there to pay out, pay out the little, these claims little, okay. here and there. So and our goal is to close that claim as fast as possible, get that employee back to work. You know, there's even a return to work programs that we encourage right. employers to use that will get them off of workers' comp. Right. And back to work so we can, you know, he can still go to the doctor, but he's back to work and we're paying yeah, him. He's, he's working, but he's still being managed, you know, but with the medical side. Instead of, you know, sticking him in the shop and just having him holding the clipboard, we'll, we use a return to work program where we'll send him to um, a nonprofit. To yeah, work. I've seen, I've seen that uh, recently with mm. the company I work for now when we had one or two claims, mm-hmm. they actually sent him to nonprofits and yeah, that, that was really interesting. So that Until, well, a lot of times it, it will encourage them to go back to their regular job because they don't want to be doing what they're doing at the I've never office. heard of that before. So the company, if they have an injured employee that is probably well enough to do some type of work, but maybe not their normal duties, there's a way to return them to a nonprofit. A nonprofit. Work. So yeah. they're still your it's like employee. a reemployability program. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. I was that was one of the things that I I just learned really recently, and I'm, I was really impressed. I was like, that's that's kind of clever. So they can still be working and producing, even though most of the work isn't very fun. And that, I think that's the whole idea is that yeah. the work isn't very fun or like rewarding, but they're still working and they're 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 no longer on workers. That claim can be usually closed. Am I correct? Right. And then they we just manage the medical side. They go to doctors' offices yeah, or if normal they get follow-up insurance visits and, and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. And it just it gets fun. Like, oh, hey, he needs a cast. Okay, let's put the cast on. And it, it gets managed like that rather than them being off of work and at home playing Call of Duty and, you know, making money. Or um, your company trying to find creative ways to get this guy something to do. Right. Like you said. Right. Maybe they're out just doing stuff on a one or two or days. Uh, not that it's you, know, you don't want to work at a nonprofit, but you know this stuff that you do there is probably not what you envisioned. But on top of that, that nonprofit's also being helped, so it's mm-hmm. kind of yeah, me, it's, a win, like it's a win-win, right? It's a win-win. It's it, the idea is that it's it's best for all parties. We can close the claim. They can be at work. They can be earning money, right. and hopefully, eventually, it'll get to the point where they can come back to work and they can have a, a regular, a good regular job that they normally do. That's that's a pretty cool program I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one of the things that I've I've been more introduced probably within that past five to six months, and I think it's a fantastic idea because you know before I had never heard of that. I never heard of like oh yeah, send to a nonprofit, okay. Yeah. But unfortunately, right now one of the things I've I've seen also is all these nonprofits are nonprofits, and during this COVID nineteen thing, a lot of them are shutting down, and so we actually had one individual that we had an issue with because. We sent him to the nonprofit, and he was doing okay. 
And then we had to reopen because as soon as that nonprofit closed, we didn't have anything for him to do. So we had to go back. How does is that like a thing that you can do as well? Would you just open and close a a, a claim? A yes, the, I mean every situation will be different. Um, you know, hopefully there's something at the the employers or the job site where he can go back to do something. But yeah, if a nonprofit's closing down and that's where he was doing his return to work program, hopefully there'll be other options out there, especially during these times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's it's really interesting. Like I said, I've I, every time I've ever had to open a claim, which is like twice. And luckily for me, one of them was, like I said, we, we kind of thought it was fraud, which is great because then. Which is the, great. Well, it was great because, you know, on our side and the insurance side, it was a lot of like things that weren't lining up and we're like, this doesn't make sense. And so once we all kind of collectively thought it was fraud, they were like, cool, we can go. They're going to go and get a private investigator and they're going to go do all this stuff. It was literally like the 1990s where they had a guy camped out in a car and taking pictures of this guy working out in his garage saying that he had a back injury. And we're like, well, if you have a back injury, why are you doing branch presses? It's not really good for your back and deadlifts and all this other stuff. So Yeah, you um, want to make sure that you get that approved from the carrier, the yeah, Sobrosa. Well, we, like I said, I just took it. Here you go. This is your information. You guys handle it. If I'm the owner of the company and I'm going over to his house and doing that's it, you can't. Idea. It's not submissible. <laughs> right. You know, it, it. it's not. So that's, you know, that's... You know, we see that all the time. Well, put Subrosa on this guy. You know, we saw him going to work or, you know, playing, you know, pickup basketball or something. So it's, you know, it's sad that it happens so, you know, often in this industry. But yeah, it's like it's like safety. It's just one of the things you kind of have to do, like dealing with customers. Customer service is never fun. But, you know, sometimes you have those good days and sometimes you have the bad ones. And safety is a culture. I mean, I, you know, we, I work with a lot of different industries and every industry is different. You either buy in or you don't. True. And it's the employees and I think upper management to get everyone involved in that. And once you have everyone on the same page, you know, companies are really strong when it comes to that. Mm. So what are some ways that we can reduce our X mod or, or save you know, like what can we do as far as safety professionals? What can we do in the field or as managers? How, how can we manage our safety to better reflect a, a cheaper? So I, I heard a cool statistic years ago. For every dollar you spend on safety, you're going to save $4. All right. At some point. And is there like a like a, a, a stock just... or a bond I can buy? <laughs> that, be, yeah, there's a, that is a great return on investment. Yeah, there's probably some safety videos or you know tailgate meetings you can you could look into. But you know, doing that and just imp- implementing implementing a culture within the workforce. You know, because our goal or your goal as safety professionals is to make sure you have a safe and healthy work environment for your employees. Because right. you know some of these some of the work that they do is dangerous and obviously we want them to come home alive to their families as well. So um, the other thing is you can do with, with um, your X mod is if a claims open, you know, work with your, your broker or your claims manager or the adjuster and find out what you can do to help, you know, speed up the process or, or close a claim out because the longer it's open, you know, the longer it's going to stay on your X mod and drive it up and at the end of the day it's just gonna you know raise your insurance premium down the road um revising payroll or looking at you know your class codes that you're in we can go back several years and determine whether or not 
a certain employee or group of employees is classified correctly. So there's okay. there's ways to go back in and look to see if there's premium that could be returned based on inaccurate payroll. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I know that I know that safety management systems play a big role, but you know, I never really thought about, oh, hey, maybe I should go and contact my payroll. Hey, you know, let's make sure that we're we're calculating this correctly so we're taking the proper funds out for that which is really interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. You want to make sure reserves are set at the right place. You know, if a claim is being litigated, try to speed up that process. You know, <laughs> Good I know, luck. I know yeah. there's no real way to speed it up, but you yeah, know, especially, especially if you're not yeah, a lawyer. Especially yeah. In like, California. Who are you? What's, what's the law office you work for? Um, I don't work for law office. Okay. Click. Yeah. I'd say, you know, there's, there's all kinds of statistics out there, but you know, I, I, read somewhere too that three out of four businesses you know are being overcharged you know five to fifteen percent of their premium wow just because their x mods and the payroll wasn't reported in that you know correctly i mean everyone makes mistakes some of these adjusters have two or three hundred claims or files at a time that they're dealing with so right there's i know uh, probably a different more than a thousand different clothes mm-hmm. for whatever your employees are doing right. i've had to deal with that maybe like once or twice because sometimes what we do is when we work with new clients we have to look up their x mod and we have to look at all this other stuff um one of the things that i was going to ask you about is loss runs i know that's that's something that we look at as far as the companies when we're looking at a new company we usually look at their x mod mm-hmm. we look at their um uh their loss runs and see you know especially if they if they hit a little bit higher you know, then, you know, industry standard, we're looking at seeing, okay, well, why is your, why is your X mod or why is your insurance so high? And that's where we, the loss runs come in and uh, maybe you can, you know, yeah, loss runs will tell a lot about a company. Um, you know, I've had a few clients where their X mod has jumped up significantly, uh, because they had, you know, several small claims, you know, one big claim, one big pop's not going to hurt your X right, as much as a bunch of frequency claims. I understand that it is more based on like if you have a $50,000 claim with one or what, 10 that are equal to 50,000, it's worse to have the five, mm-hmm. the 10 that's up to 50,000 yeah. rather than the one a claim lot worse. That's 50, so yeah, you could end up with a 200X mod with something like that. And that's, you know, double what your base rate yeah, I think is. The one that we were working with was like a 2.8. So it's pretty high. But a lot of times we can look at loss runs and see where certain claims are, are stemming from, you know, slip and falls, back, you know, what can we do with functional ergonomics, things of that nature. Or we can even say, hey, look, these two claims right here are fraudulent. This guy was upset, you know, he got laid off and he filed his claim after he was terminated or after he quit. Right. So those post-termination claims, you know, will tell a lot about you know, the guy's X mod or even looking at his loss runs. So there's, yeah, that's there's a the, lot you can see from that. That's why we use the determination as the loss runs. Cause we noticed that a lot of that stuff was within one, like probably like one six month period. And that's, that's where we were understanding that it was because he had, I think four or five incidents in a very short time. And that's what kicked his mod rate up. But after that, I guess they went with another safety consulting company. And once they got all that stuff put in, their culture was changing. Mm-hmm. And then from the lost runs, we could see, you know, it was like five, six months in between one incident rather right. than four or five incidents within that, you know, two or three month period. 
So yeah, it's really interesting and how we have to manage these things differently. And how how do we put that onto an X mod when we have a claim, let's say I stub my toe. What counts as a claim that goes onto my my lost run? Every first aid claim now has to be reported. First aid claim. I think okay. that started that new law went into place in 2017. Yes, it was 17. So prior to that, you know, first aid claim, a lot of people just, you know, put a Band-Aid on it or did whatever. Mm-hmm. But now it has to be reported. Right. So every little claim like that has to be reported. You know, the, as far as calculating it into your XMOD, it's, they've also changed the formula on how they calculate that. So it's not going to hurt you as much as everyone thinks it will. No. From what, I, from what I understood, like I said, it's been a couple of years since I've had to deal with it. And I'm sorry, I'm get back and trying to refresh my memory. But... From my understanding is that they they classify them right, so a recordable versus a Correct. first aid are, are weighed differently. So obviously, that way it's more it's more fair right. across the board. But. So they'll look at each you know different class code, and you know they'll have payroll for each you know class code that a company company could have 10, 15 different class codes for employees. Right. And you know the industry has certain standards or rates that they use to calculate you know, the estimated losses for right. this certain class code. And they use primary and actuary. There's a whole formula. Yeah, no, I've seen, use. yeah, yeah, it's like primary and experience and all this other stuff. And it's like, I think like six or seven things and they add on right. your actual losses versus what's expected and then your X mod. And then you're, and at the end, from what I understand, the end is what you were talking about, your debits versus your credits. And this mm-hmm. is where if you're doing poorly, you're going to get, you know, penalizing you have to right. increase your premiums versus if you're doing well, you're going to get, uh, I guess, money back or they're going to refund you some money, which is good, right? That's what eventually as professionals, that's what we want to do is we want to show our management, right. hey, look, we're saving money. Why? Because our culture, like you said, our culture is doing really well and we have this, the proper things in place, not only just for safety management, but also incident management as well. And we're we're saving money for the company. That's money you can use on reinvestment or bonuses. Mm-hmm. And we usually, usually like to put that word. Oh yeah, you know you could use this money for like a, a nice bonus for like the guy that saved you the money. <laughs> so that's a good yeah, segue. Right. Like here's a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's a good segue to to a, my my shameless plug for reward on insurance. Yeah. So when you're spending money on safety and you don't have any claims at the end of the day, who who are you really saving money? Uh, the insurance, the insurance company. The insurance company. Carrier. And every carrier is different, you know. You you kind of get what you pay for. You know, the cheapest could be you know poor. Um, you could have bad adjusters. So there's certain carriers that companies like or industries like that they'll pay a little bit more because they know they're going to get taken care of on a claim. They know it's going to be handled correctly. But at going back to spending money on safety and not having claims, yeah, the insurance carrier is making all of the profit. Right, because they're not having to fork out any money for incidents or management right. or, like you said, lawyers or a private investigator, any any of that extra stuff. So with our reward on insurance program, you own the insurance company with other businesses. It's called a member-owned group captive. Okay, member-owned group captive. About half of your annual premium goes into a bank account to pay out claims. Okay. The vault. The vault. The Scrooge McDuck your, the, the vault. vault. Your yes. own vaults, whatever. Oh, so we get our own... Sp- can we visit the vault? Yes, you can. <laughs> okay, because I would love to try to jump through money. Gold coins. Gold coins, because from my understanding, it, it, once you put a lot of them together, it acts like a liquid. Yeah. I don't know how that works. but 
So you're saying that similar type companies get together, or maybe not. They just go yeah, to the how same. Do you, how do you guys figure out which companies? So we look at their loss runs. We look at five years of their losses and the premium they've paid, and we determine whether or not they'd be a good fit for okay. this type of program. And we'll say, hey, if you'd been in this for five years, you would have had this much money sitting in your bank account. Okay. And Or this is how much money you wouldn't have. Most of the time they'd have money sitting there and right. that money is available for return every single year. Okay. So a company paying 500 grand a year in workers' comp insurance doesn't have any claims with reward on insurance and our captive, they have a chance to get about 250,000 back. Wow. That's pretty good. That's, that's like a new Ferrari. <laughs> so you're saying for the boss, not for me. If the obviously. company has a good safety record and uh, then, and they're just paying for normal workers' comp insurance right now, that there's a possibility that they could save a bunch of money as a company yeah, a if lot. they look into Would you what, dare what you guys save offer. Fifteen percent right. or more? You just said <laughs> fifty. <laughs> fifty. We're it, talking. Can you, 50. Say, can you say that? Can you say that in a British no. accent? No? no. Fifty to sixty percent. So every captive's different. Wow, we have a lot. different captives for certain industries. One specifically for oil field. We got one for farming, trucking, construction. We have heterogeneous groups where it's a mixture of companies. Okay. Car dealerships, um, you name it. So it's hmm. just based off of you know the ability, the likelihood of you having you know a claim, or versus the type of industry that you guys work in. So obviously Correct. you're not going to put someone who's clerical versus somebody who's like I don't know what's the most worker. dangerous job, firefighter. I don't know. Um, yeah. So you, yeah, you, like you a roofer. Have... You know, we have a captive just for roofers. Okay. So we don't. You know, obviously we um, a trucking company or you know a Another company doesn't want a roofers in their company because right, there is there is some risk sharing within the group that makes this real insurance. So right, you know everyone's protected. You know there's reinsurance, there's A plus rated insurance carriers that provide the insurance or the reinsurance on this Zurich, AIG, Arch, Old Republic, or a bunch of the okay, the yeah. carriers that a bunch of are those. the reinsurance on these. Okay. And does this matter? What about like size of company? Does that matter? Minimum all, premium is $100,000 a year for workers' comp, auto liability, and general liability. Okay. So that's combined. Um, it's a workers' comp driven program. So we, we like to say if you're paying close to 100 or at least 100000 a year, or if you're on a large deductible program, mm -hmm. the collateral requirements inside of a group captive are usually more favorable than being on a large deductible plan. So just saying that, that hey, sense. I have so much assets that if we did have a loss, we could cover it by right. sales of that asset. Mm -hmm. Matt, if we sell our car, that <laughs> means we can... Yeah. Sorry, he's mad, Thanks, mad looking at me out blind like, what? What? Assets? Yeah, so you can go to rewardoninsurance.com and check that out. Okay. Rewardoninsurance.com. It'll be yeah. a link in the bottom of, the, yeah. of our show notes in our description. Yes. That's, our, that's one of our sister companies that, and on our website, so... Um, yeah, captives have been around for 30, 40 years. It's kind of new to our area in the last 10 years. I think there's a lot, a lot more companies are taking a harder look at this just because of the return on investment they get from investing in safety in their culture. Mm -hmm. so, well, it's, it's rather than you taking on the insurance, the liability, I should say, instead of taking the liability yourself, you share it with others. Mm -hmm. in, like you said, within that group right. that you are that you're putting your money in the vault in. It's kind of like a, a partially self-funded plan where you have mm -hmm. this money in there. If you have a claim, you pay it out of your own loss funds. 
Um, you know, there's caps and liabilities to what you could be on the hook for. Right. You know, if you have a whole bunch of claims and all heck broke loose, there's a cap to what you could pay right. every year. So they're not going to you know have to pay, you know, two million dollars for all these claims. Hopefully you don't have if that you problem. have a really, <laughs> if you have a really bad claim, there's a cap to that. Okay, that makes perfect sense. I like that. And so where where can we find you again? Rewardoninsurance.com or okay. uh, Clifford and Bradford downtown on, um, let's see, 19th and G Street. This is in Bakersfield. Probably. Yeah, we're in Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, uh, one thing I did want to talk about real quick. I know we talked about this in some um, older episodes. Joe was like, safety people always. Uh, they get the feeling or they were told that like they don't bring value or monetary value to the company a lot. I, I think mean, that's, is, that makes no sense, but yeah. This, this is a way that they can show, right? Like they can show that if they can reduce a company's X mod and show that they're saving money on insurance, they're not bringing money in, but they're showing a cost saving well, no, for the you, company. That's exactly what, technically that's what we are as safety professionals. We're loss, we're loss control specialists. Exactly. We go in, we, we try to reduce the amount of injuries. I mean, I say injuries, but like you said, first aids, because we have mm-hmm. to report, report those too, but we're trying to reduce the amount of injuries or claims that we're going to have because as he stated before, you know, if you have a bad claim and it goes south on you, it's going to cost you a lot of money, especially in your insurance, not talking all the lawyers and all the, you know, doctor's visits, like we talked about, you know, having to take an hour, two, three, four hours at the doctor's office what five side five six times a year if not more you know i've had i've only had to do it with with it once where we had an injury had uh to go to see a doctor but he had like five or six visits in a six month period you know and luckily we we didn't have to worry about that like i said it was all claims and the claim took care of it i didn't have to worry about anything but we just all he said no just take him to the doctor make sure and like he said we actually had a guy he spoke spanish so I don't. I speak very little, especially you know with medical terminology. I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. So they actually had, like he said, they actually had somebody come in who was fluent and he could explain the process to the person. So we were able to manage it a lot better and hold, you know, shorten shorten the the how long that claim was open, and eventually saving a ton of money. But in your experience, like, wh- how do you get everyone on the same page? Like, how do you create a good safety culture within? That is, yeah, you actually, listen to our podcast that'd be episode four and i believe eight mm-hmm. sir um well it's 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 really difficult um to understand how complex it all is but one of the things that we're starting to be able to explain to other people is it's about speaking the language right as you we come to you and you say x mod and premiums and actuals versus you know open and close and a lot of people don't understand that language and it's it's learning the 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 jargon if you will of those different languages and being able to speak at all these different levels because as a manager or as a professional or an advisor or a tech we we deal with different people at different levels right so i can't speak to my ground level guys the same way i speak to my my top tier c-suite executives right i can't just that's just not how it works, right? And so we call it code switching, but being able to code switch and explain all these different topics and ideas at these different levels enables everybody to be on the same page because I can't speak the way I do to Matt as I do most normal people because I like most normal people. Yeah, and I think having a good safety (laughs) culture is not just one thing, right? There's a ton of elements. It takes a long time to build it. And uh, that's why we have all these episodes that we talk yeah, about different things because there's so many different pieces to the 
to the puzzle that you have to put together. One of the things that I would say, and I know we haven't covered this I'm, I'm in, in hindsight, of course, we all see in 2020, but I think we should involve, you know, people like you. Because in reality, who are who's the most important person that you're going to be dealing with? It's going to be the CEO, right? Or the C-suite executives. And when you say, hey, $250,000 is not a, a, a drop in the bucket. It's a substantial amount. You said 50, 60 percent numbers like that are, are going to get their attention wait so i can make so much more money by changing my insurance and driving down my cost hey maybe the safety thing is important right like you said return on investment yeah going through and having that that manager buy-in it it's like i said in my, in my eyes it's 100 percent. once you have a manager buy-in everybody below they're going to enforce it. They're going to make sure, hey, you need to be safe. Why? Because, I mean, obviously not going to tell them straight up, hey, we're going to save a ton of money and, you know, our boss can buy new equipment and increase, you know, invest that money back into the company and, and make us more profitable. But we're going to say, yeah, you know, it's important because of your safety. But also at the same time, the managers all speak money. $250,000 is not not something to bat an eye at. Hey, I can save how much money? Wow. Okay, maybe maybe we should. And once they get that little taste, I think if they get that little taste of, oh wow, I man, I saved a ton of money. How how can we further drive this? Oh well, perfect. I'm gonna talk to my safety guy. We're gonna make sure that all our people are safe. We're gonna make sure we have very few claims. And if we do have claims, manage it better. Right. And that might be an investment that they make. Hey, I just saved two hundred fifty thousand. Hey man, I'm gonna send you out to take some of these classes so that we we can be better at managing our safety. And then you're going to see exponential return on investment. That's that's mostly how I think that we should, as far as culture, go to people like you to speak mm-hmm. to our managers. Let them know, hey, yeah, productivity is important, but if you're not getting any productivity if you're paying $250,000, $600,000 in insurance claims or insurance premiums, I should say. Yeah, yeah making the, you know, a lot of the, the safety training or the, you know, the tailgate meetings making them interactive you know, yeah. instead of just speaking to speaking the group at them. or speaking at them, you know, having them sign off. Oh, you did the training, make it interactive, you know, get them involved. Uh, you know, we, you know, a lot of our companies use the, the near miss programs and you yeah. know, stuff like that, but mm-hmm. you don't want to create a snitch program at the same, same time, <laughs> but the, you, you know, you're looking out for your, your buddies, yeah. the guys you're working with, you know, you want to keep them safe and making things interactive and there's just all kinds of stuff. That you right. can do out there and i i respect what you guys do and, and appreciate you know your job very much yeah it's that's fun i love it i love dealing with all the different levels and like i said it's been it's been a couple of years since i've had to deal with workers comp as far as like direct and with the new company i work with now we're starting to be more more hands-on which is which is good like i like claims management and learning about employees and dealing with them and you know spotting someone who thinks they got injured at work and be like no no that's not that's not work related and that kind of stuff but you know i would i'd be honest with you a lot of the stuff that you're saying is stuff i had no idea i have no idea that you know you could save so much money or change all this or how captives actually work i just thought it was just okay well we captive then means that all of our all of our money goes into a pool but i didn't realize it was like like a mutual fund where we're putting a bunch yeah. of people together and we're managing them all at the same time. And they kind of pull from the same type of pool, which is interesting. Yeah, if you think about it, you know, you pay your insurance right now, you're, you're in a group with 10,000 other yeah. companies mm-hmm. that you don't know who they are and you're risk sharing all of your premium. All of them. It's gone. 
you know, at least with this, you know, the member-owned group captive and reward on insurance, you, you have a chance to give it back. Auto insurance? Because I could sure use something <laughs> like that. Because, you know, that, unfortunately, I know that our rates in California just keep going up. And it has to do with because they're looking at us California. So, oh, they're, they're having yeah. a high incidence of accidents. In our, in our captives, you can place your auto your commercial auto coverage in the captive. So if you're paying, awesome. if you're paying 300 grand a year for your fleet of, you know, hundred trucks, you can put that in the captive Yeah, and, you know, get money back on that. Yeah. Save a ton of money instead of having to spend all that money in injuries and claims and stuff like that. And I think, I think that's something that maybe all that's like a hot tip for everybody listening is learn about your insurance, learn who mm-hmm. your insurance agents are, get to know them better. So that way you can have a good relationship with them. And whenever you need to have a program, you know, put together or you need a, a sales pitch for a program, say, Hey, get them involved. Hey, I want this idea. It's going to, you know, reduce our injury illness rate. Show us how that would reflect on our insurance. And that way the, the owners would be like, Oh, they, they see the dollar signs. Cool. Mm-hmm. And now you have, now you're, now your project has, you know, legs. Now it has, you know, solid ground underneath it, and it will definitely run. And everybody looks better. The management looks better because they're saving money. You look better because you came up with the idea. And then the insurance broker, they, they're they awesome because they're like, cool, now we're reducing our risk, and that means their companies can be more profitable. Everybody wins. And then, of course, I, I how dare I? I forgot the employee because then the employee doesn't get hurt. Exactly, which is, Joe. Which is the most the important ultimate, ultimate goal. goal. Yeah, The ultimate goal. I'm glad you came back to it because I always have to remind you. Yeah, because, you know, not like I'm not an EMT, <laughs> still licensed, sir. But, yeah, it's insurance. It's one of the things that a lot of people don't deal with. I know for a fact, like I said, I I very seldomly dealt with it. I did back, you know, three, maybe three years ago. It's a ago. necessary evil. It is. It is a necessary evil. And it's it's not until you don't have it, then you realize, whoops, maybe I should have had it. And with this program, it makes it fun to sell because you're actually offering something better than what they currently have or at least an opportunity to do something better and this you know the captive is not for everybody a lot right. of a lot of companies you know are, are fine doing the way they're doing things and they just you know go on to the next year and keep doing what they're doing yeah and hopefully they'll get big enough to where they'll realize hey it's, I'll save it's a lot of money workers i mean insurance and payrolls are probably the two biggest you know business costs that are, i think a business experiences and with with this, you convert your insurance costs into a, a profit source. Right. A profit center. Hey, now I've got this money sitting over here. If I don't use it, I'm going to get it back. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for showing up to our, our podcast, and we appreciate you. Thank you for you. having me. I think we'll, we'll definitely call you again and have you uh, explain XMOD and all this stuff a little bit more in depth next time. That's awesome. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, guys. And then if anybody has any questions or they have um, maybe some tips that they, they have themselves about this, they can easily reach us at our mailbag at theculturofsafety at gmail.com. Theculturofsafety at gmail.com. And then if you guys want to talk to Sean yourself or send him something, uh, all that information will be available for you guys. And it's returnoninvestment.com, right? Reward on insurance. Reward oh on gosh. insurance. Return on investment ROI. I can't even we, think. We rebranded the term. Reward on insurance. ROI. Return on investment to Reward on insurance. Reward Reward on on insurance. insurance. Perfect. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for coming to the studio. You guys have a good one. Have a good one.